Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. We are live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment. Hang tight just for a sec. We got to bring on Facebook and get the whole family under one tent here. And we'll get this party started. Looking forward to talking with everybody here tonight. And we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I'm going to bring up the specific story uh, that you wrote today after Draymond Jones's Let's just say kind of eyebrow-raising Zoom presser following uh, Wednesday's practice. But as I get this thing queued up, convey to, to our community, to our audience, the cliff notes of what he had to say when asked about the Locke versus Teddy QB battle. He doesn't give any manure to this to this topic, Chad. He, he literally doesn't care. He doesn't give a four-letter word, and you guys can deduce for yourselves what that word is. And he basically said, listen, whoever's the quarterback is the quarterback. I play on defense. I don't really worry about the offense. It's not my thing. He has his own expectations for himself, which he said is about 10 sacks this year, which could be easily attainable. He was okay talking about himself. He was okay talking about the defense. When it came to the Broncos quarterback competition, though, as you can see right there, he really doesn't care. And he goes, I wish Teddy the best. I wish Drew the best, but I'm not there. I don't know what they're doing. I have nothing uh, to report to you on that. So it is what it is. That was the gist of what he said. And he kind of added some background to it that we'll get to here in just a second. But, yes, very uh, – whoops, I wouldn't call it um, confrontational, but just very dismissive in a in a uh, way – you don't I – mean, I think Vaughn kind of got the ball started on people dropping little expletives at the <laughs> podium right now at, during Broncos OTAs. But let me just read the quote. This is Draymond Jones today regarding the QB battle. Quote, I don't give a crap. Whoever's the quarterback is the quarterback. I wish the best for Teddy. I wish the best for Drew. I don't know what they're doing. I can't see anything. I haven't been over there. It is what it is, close quote. Now, what he's getting at, gang, all right, is right now for OTAs, they're not doing 11-on-11. They are working in some 7-on-7, but mostly what's happening when they get out on the grass is they're working an individual. So he's over there working with his D-line. He's working with Bill Kalar and his fellow defensive linemen. And the other defensive units are, you know, surrounding him. And then on the other side of the field is the offense and the quarterbacks doing what they're doing. And then they get together for 7-on-7, and it's still kind of a 
half-hearted thing. Once they get to 11 on 11, maybe Zach Draymond Jones will have a better bead, but I still don't think you're going to get a much more elaborate response than this when it comes to asking him about Locke versus Teddy. You know, I a comment that just came up from Jay Kozat says, it would get old having to answer that question 24-7. And I was going to say something along those lines. He's almost like preempting the press going forward. Listen, I understand you're, you're going to ask me about it every time I come up here, but I have nothing more to say. It is what it is. They're competing. Whoever's the quarterback this year is the quarterback. And uh, I just think it's it's either Drew or Teddy, and he doesn't really care one way or another, Chet. And let me say one thing, though. You can say it's – I wouldn't say confrontational or I wouldn't say insensitive. I would say brutally and refreshingly honest. I'm so sick of athletes spouting off cliches and platitudes and the same buzzwords associated with this point of the offseason or seven-on-seven practices or anything going on uh, before the season starts. He literally said, listen, I don't care. It is what it is. You know, we'll see what happens. I like that. He was also asked by our Luke Patterson, of course, one of the co-hosts of Mile High Insiders podcast every Saturday night, in his opinion, why – do pass rushers and interior defensive linemen seem to thrive uh, as they so do in the Vic Fangio scheme? And I'm going to pull this up so you guys can see what he had to say here. You can follow along. Uh, but shout out to Luke for getting this question into Draymond today on the Zoom call. Quote, it's good having a head coach that pays attention to defense. It makes it better for you. With his schemes, it really opens things up and it allows us to get the opportunities. He's really big, is Fangio on stunts and finding the matchups to be able to win. Overall, I think Coach has done a great job of molding us into his defense and making us good, close quote. So, Zach, I thought what was interesting about this is, you know, as far as Fangio, he he doesn't like to blitz, right? He wants his guys up front, whether it's a four- or five-man rush is rare, but more like a three- or four-man rush to win their matchups and get home. If he has to get creative here and there, he'll send a blitz. But more often than not, it's the twists, it's the stunts. And then diving a little bit deeper into what Draymond said is Fangio, Donatel, these guys doing the extra work, going the extra mile through film study to isolate and figure out which weaknesses are on the opponent's offensive line and then figuring out, you know, how which player to use, whether it's Draymond, Shelby, whoever it might be on that interior, to put that finger on the nerve and try and exploit that weakness. So I like the answer, but still, it's Draymond. He wasn't being too open as far as, you know, not giving a lot of context and detail today. He wasn't, but when he came to himself, like I said, he set the bar really high. He thinks 10 sacks for himself alone is attainable. And I, for one, Chad, watching him play opposite Shelby Harris, watching him play with a healthy Vaughn, a healthy Chubb, with that full uh, reloaded secondary now, I'm so excited for Draymond Jones in 2021. Uh, The sky's the limit. I think he's going to become a household name this year, and I think he'll make the Pro Bowl on the strength of that production. Very well could be 8 to 10 sacks in this Fangio defense. By the way, gang, one last thing I want to get here on Draymond, but we're really excited because it is Wednesday, so that means it's time for another superstar segment. And we're bringing on one of our key Mount Rushmore superstars, Black Knight 232, who is now in his own stratosphere as far as a certain MHH record. We're going to welcome him on, talk with him here in just a few minutes. But, Zach, one last thing on this topic. You brought it up a couple times on whether he believes 10 sacks, Draymond Jones, is attainable for him as a goal. Quote, I think 10 sacks is very attainable. Guys like Chris Jones, Grady Jarrett, Cameron Hayward, Aaron Donald, 
made it cool to be an inside guy and get 10 sacks. Wasn't it always cool to be an inside guy and get for what it's worth? It's very attainable, and I don't expect anything less from myself. I think that's a goal of mine that I can reach. I'm going to try and reach it, close quote. Now, Zach, he got to six and a half last year, and he missed some time. Um, I'm trying to remember what his specific injury was, but he missed a good portion of the first half of the season. He missed, I want to say, three or four games. I can pull it up. So if he can stay healthy and stay on the field, if he's there for all 16, entering his third year, this is about where, for a defensive lineman, you kind of expect to see him pop. I could see that because even look back to the 2015 defense, right? Derek Wolf, really solid season on that world championship D. Malik Jackson, I mean, 2012 – was he 12? I want to say 12 draft picks. So 12, 13, 14, 15. I mean, Malik popped in year four. Derek Wolf was a starter year one. He was kind of a you know unicorn in that sense. Most defensive linemen, it's year three, year four, where you see him pop. So maybe this is the year for Draymond. He's also penciled in for the first time right. as a you know understood starter. Yeah, I'm glad he's not splitting snaps like he did with Jarrell Casey last year. It's the Draymond Jones show, and this was so good about the Broncos' defense. If the defensive line doesn't get home, the linebackers could get home. If the secondary locks them down, the defensive line could get there, the front seven could get there. This entire defense, I mentioned this on KK on Sunday, regardless of where they rank this year, which should be very, very high, top one, top two, top five at worst, it's going to be active, it's going to be aggressive, they're going to be blitzing, harassing quarterbacks, forcing turnovers, Every star player involved in this defense, if they play all 16 games and they reach their potential, Chad, this could be an all-time level defense. All right, guys, let's go through some quick matters of business, and then we'll grab Black Knight 232. First and foremost, here's how you connect with us on social media. Start on Twitter. Follow the main podcast account, at HuddleUpPod, and then our main mothership account, at MileHighHuddle. If you're following those two accounts, you'll miss nothing relative to the pod. You'll miss nothing as far as breaking Broncos news analysis. Also, you want to make sure you are following our great producer, Buona Beast. On Twitter, though, it's at John K, that's K-A-Y-M-H-H, and my partner here, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. While we're talking about connecting on social, make sure you're following, liking, and following the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page, guys. We, we are... I mean, a month or so in, there's already over a couple thousand people following the page, but we need to keep growing it because that's only a fraction of the number of people, Zach, that actually listen to the podcast every day. And I know not everyone does Facebook, right? It's kind of considered to be, oh, no, Facebook's for the older people or whatever, our, our younger listeners and younger demographic. But most of you listening to this, I rest assured you have a Facebook account. So make sure you are connected with us on Facebook. There's the link, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod, or just open up the app on your phone. It's on there. Search Huddle Up Pod, like and follow. That automatically enters you into our weekly giveaways, little a shirt, you know, mug, hat, whatever it might be. We're doing that each and every week. So take care of that. And then also, guys, check out the merch store when you get a second. HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. Get a hat, T-shirt. We got some really cool designs that Zach, myself, and John were just uh, pouring over that have been submitted to us that we're really excited about. One or two last little tweaks, and then we're going to release it onto the store. And trust, you guys are going to love it. You guys are going to love it. So in the meantime, patronize the store. It's another great way to support what we're doing here at MHH, as is becoming an official supporter on Facebook of Mile High Huddle. Click the big blue button on our page, and that gets you access to our premium VIP video content and podcast content, which includes... Kelberman's Corner every Sunday at noon. Zach Kelberman and 
Kim Becker, hot takes that hold water, and then the trickle zone every Saturday at noon mountain time. That's how you get access to that. And gang, if you're not in a position to do those things, it's all good. Just make sure you're subscribed. If you're wherever you're listening, like this video, guys. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, you have no idea how much just a simple like while you're here helps us grow, helps us continue to reach those Broncos fans out there. And the third thing, litmus test, hey, if we're doing a good job for you or you respect the effort, share this video and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. All right, the time has come to bring on the man, the myth, the legend. All right, he is known as Black Knight 232. On Twitch, it's Black Knight 323. All right, this guy needs no introduction from us because he is the single record holder for the largest super chat of all time at Mile High Huddle. He dropped that on us most graciously last week. And this is a guy whose future is so bright. He's got to wear shades. Jeremy, what's going on? Black Knight in the house, dude. How you doing, brother? How you guys doing? I hope everybody in the YouTube uh, chat room is doing well tonight. Yeah, dude. The long awaited time. Now, those of you guys might not know this, you know, what goes on behind the scenes, but we've been coordinating with Jeremy for, uh, you know, a couple months trying to pick the perfect day that's going to work for him <laughs> and the stars finally aligned. So we're super geeked up to have you on the show. And so first things first, dude. From the bottom of our hearts, we want to thank you for your diligent and just, I mean, it blows our, blows our mind how supportive you've always been of the show. And especially last week, I got to tell you, on a personal level, night before we're going into the hospital, my wife and I, to bring our new son into the world, to get such a show of, uh, I mean, to, I, I interpret it as support, as, as affection, as all, I mean, it just meant the world. It was some really good juju. Obviously, you know, that super chat can be put to really good use for us here on the show. But thank you so much for your support, Jeremy. Uh, no problem. I mean, you know, like I said, like I was telling you guys backstage, I mean, when, when you get an NFL player dropping subs in your chat, just like out of nowhere, you know, it's like I really wanted to return a favor. And Broncos country has the best fan base. And, you know, it's, it's the least I could do. <laughs> All right. So with that said, Jeremy, we got to get your thoughts on a few of the key hot button issues. Plus, we want to talk to you a little bit about what being a Broncos fan really means to you. But first things first. What is your take 
on the current quarterback battle taking place with Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, obviously Draymond Jones. He's not really into it right now. He's focused on, you know, his, his daily grind. And that's a battle that's going to kind of take care of itself. It's going to all come out in the wash, but how do you view this competition? How do you view Drew? How do you view Teddy? What's your, what's your macro take on that whole situation? Well, it really depends on if Locke can cut down his, you know, if, if he looks a lot better and uh, his way he throws, does he make tactical decisions when he's throwing them? Because I, it, it really depends on how he, he improves. And the problem is it, it, the, the pandemic really kind of threw everything off. They couldn't do any of that. Teddy, I think he's just going to be a backup. I think he's just there just to put some pressure on him, put some heat on him, not do anything, you know, uh, really to take his job. I don't think I don't think he'll get away with it. I think I think Locke has it until he starts messing up. <laughs> it's his job to lose, as y'all like to say. Jeremy, I want to circle back in a second, but uh, how would you feel because you told us before the show you're kind of straddling the fence on Locke. You support him for for while he's under center, while he's the Broncos quarterback, but if he slips up again, you think he should be yanked, and I agree with you on that. How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers? What's Is there a bridge too far for you in that trade? Would you give up three first-round picks? Would you swing that deal if Jeremy was the Broncos GM? Well... If there was a way to swing it, I I would do it because you know you know what you're getting with Rodgers. Like he's an MVP, he's already won a Super Bowl, he's he's put up numbers, like he's got more touchdowns and interceptions, so you know what you're getting with him. I would I would pull the trigger on him, but who's that per, who's the player you're going to have to give up though? That's the real question. If you have to give up Draymond Jones, Bradley Chubb, right? I think that's not really what I, I I wouldn't do that. Now, if it was like an offensive player or an offensive lineman, eh, maybe. But if you're giving up, but you're having to take away some good defensive players, now it's not worth it. We got one here from Albert Knoppers, one of our great superstars and super supporters. For you, Jeremy, specifically, he's beating us to the punch. Who is your favorite Bronco, past or present? Well, I got I became a Bronco fan when this man was playing. It was John Elway. That was the uh, – I remember watching – I was about eight years old whenever he was uh, playing, and I just like – I told my mom because we were watching that game. I was there with my grandparents, and I'd just seen him just walking off. He, like They had won a game, and I was like, that's the team I want to root for right there. And next thing I know, next Christmas, I got like a whole bunch of Broncos stuff, and I was like, well, <laughs> here we go. And I just – you know, and I loved it. I, it's like ups and downs – you know, and and I really and John Elway was the guy that really got me into into the Broncos fan, uh, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so on that note, Jeremy, you know where I'm going with this question. While we're on the topic, what's you, obviously your favorite Broncos memory is going to revolve around Elway or a title, but we'll skip that. Tell us your least favorite memory. What keeps you up at night when it comes to the orange and blue, if anything? Uh, Josh McDaniels and uh, Vance Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> good answer well i mean because it's, it's like josh mcdaniels really screwed the team up in my opinion like he he did everything impossible to mess it up and then vance joseph just i think he was a little bit too over his head he was just trying to do too many things at once trying to be the raw raw team and he really needed to put his foot down and been more strict with the team my personal opinion all right on that topic you brought up mcdaniels if josh mcdaniels 
either A, is not hired if Pat Bowen goes a different direction after letting Mike Shanahan go, and Jay Cutler remains a Bronco. Jay Cutler has never dealt away from the Mile mm-hmm. High City. Does his career trajectory improve? Is it a, it, Does he end up going on to have a better NFL career if he stays with the team that drafted him? I think I think he would have had a better I, – I, if I remember watching some of his games right, I think he would have had a better career before he got dealt to the, to the Bears. I think he would have had a much better career and had um, – Shanahan had actually stayed. I think they would have probably made a couple, maybe made the AFC Championship, maybe a playoff, a Super Bowl run. I don't know, but I do think he would have had a better career before he got dealted. Looks like we have a question from our fellow podcaster on the Mile High Huddle Network. That would be Lance Sanderson. Thank you for hopping in tonight, Lance. Good to see you. <laughs> he goes, "Question for Black Knight: If we get here, which former Bronco would you bring back to their team in their prime?" Jeremy. Oh God! Uh, hmm. Well, I'm stuck between Elway, Terrell Davis, and Peyton hey, Manning. Peyton Manning, yeah. Yep, I was gonna. That's that's <laughs> the three I'm stuck on right now. I would personally pick Manning. Just uh, I know it's gonna be a little bit taboo between Elway and Manning, but I think Manning with the, the way he was in 2013 prime Manning, I think I would rather have him. Fair enough. We got two more for you tonight jeremy one coming from a fellow superstar and the brainstorm is kind of newer to our community as a superstar but he is or she i think it's a he but has come on really strong of late we appreciate the support my friend but this is a question the three of us can really kind of let our hair down and discuss who would you trust more in the last two minutes of a game to pull off a fourth quarter winning drive teddy or drew luck now First, Jeremy, I'm going to serve this to to Zach. Zach can Mm. serve it to you. But let me just tell you my answer to this really quick. I'm going to go with Drew Locke on this, and here's why. Maybe, and I don't have the stats in front of me, all right, so this could end up being a little bit off base. But the games I've watched Teddy have to, uh, you know, create some magic when the chips are down, come from behind. I have seen him be unequal to the opportunity. Think back to 2015, for example, when the Broncos played the Minnesota Vikings and that team, that was the year Teddy made the Pro Bowl. That was a really good playoff-bound Vikings team. The Broncos uh, got themselves behind a little bit, stormed back, got a little hair of a lead with under two, three minutes, and the onus was put on Teddy Bridgewater to drive down and get a field goal, if I'm not mistaken, at least score. They needed a score. And you know what? Quintessential young quarterback, kind of loose with the ball mistake, drops back to pass, misses TJ Ward, blitzing off the right edge. TJ gets in there, bats the ball away, Broncos fall on it, game over. Drew Locke, when the chips have been down and there's actually something to be done, like the control, he has control over the outcome one way or another. I think back to the Tennessee game, as an example, last uh, last year, week one, four-minute offense, move the ball, convert on third down, and let's put this baby away. Hits Jerry Judy in stride on a third and long to keep this sucker going. Jerry drops the the baby. You think to the L.A. Chargers game where they storm back 21 down. We were talking about that also backstage, Jeremy. And, indeed, you were right. Phillip Lindsay's the one who got that party started. The Broncos, if it wasn't for Phillip Lindsay's 60-some-odd-yard touchdown in the third halfway through the third quarter, the Broncos probably don't get the spark needed to light that fire that brings them back. But Drew did do, from then on out, the heavy lifting, right, three three passing touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win that, including the game winner at the end with K.J. Hamler. So 
for now, I'm going to take Teddy or uh, Locke on that. Zach, who would you take? Yeah, you know, I didn't have the stats in front of me either, so I just uh, Googled it really quickly. Drew Locke has two fourth-quarter comebacks and three game-winning drives in, what, 17 starts in his career? Teddy Bridgewater has five fourth-quarter comebacks and six game-winning drives. So Locke already has half as many game-winning drives in a fraction of the appearances in the NFL. Extrapolating that, I'm going to take Drew Locke, and we saw it last year, Chad. Look at the Chargers game. Hitting K.J. Hamler last play of the game, game clincher dagger. I'm taking Locke in that scenario. Here's how I equate it. Teddy can take you down to the red zone. I believe Locke would capitalize in the red zone. Your thoughts, Jeremy? Who would you take? I, I, I take Locke. I take Locke as well. I mean, if uh, – what game was it? I remember he did like – I think it was Chargers game. Like he ended up just driving right down the field and they ended up scoring on it. Real, like They capitalized on it. So – if it was down, if it was if it's between Locke and Teddy, I'd say Locke easily. That's no question. I don't think Teddy's got the arm to, to throw that ball where it needs to be thrown. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash Farm Energy Assessment. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Okay, last one, and then uh, we'll wish you a good evening, Jeremy. So, 17-game schedule this time around. What's your prediction? What's your outlook? I know there's still a lot that needs to be resolved that's going to come together between now and when the season starts as far as the QB competition and some of the other competitions, like is Javante Williams going to really eat into Melvin Gordon's touches? And there's a few other competitions that are going to be really key, but what's your record prediction? And hopefully we'll get a chance to have you back on the show before the season starts, but just in case this is the last time we get to talk to you before the season starts, what's your prediction for the Broncos 2021? 
I say they're going to probably sneak into uh, wild card. I, I think they have a winning, winning, winning. I can't. I don't know the actual numbers, but I can say they can have a winning season and probably sneak into a wild card spot because the schedule is easy. And unless Locke just absolutely just backslides so hard where he doesn't just doesn't look good, there ain't no way he got. We can't have a winning winning record before we you know to get into a wild card spot. All right, buddy. Well, dude, again, huge shout-out. Much love to you, my friend. Appreciate you. John's doing one of these right now. Mile high salute to you. We just appreciate you so much. And not just – I mean, it's not just about Super Chats. You're in the the chat, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Twitch, contributing to the conversation, participating as a key member of our community, and it all adds up and means a lot to us. So thank you for your support. And, guys, while we're here, before we say goodbye to Jeremy, for those of you who are Twitchers, go ahead. I just want to ask y'all one question. I just want to yeah. throw this one out here. Do you do you guys think if the schedule if if it was a little bit harder, do you think Fangio gets fired at the end of the season? And who do you who do you think is going to replace him? If I may ask that, yeah, Zach. If you're saying if the schedule was more difficult and they don't perform well this year, yeah, I yeah. think it's playoffs or busts for the Broncos, Jeremy. And I think the next coach has to be of the offensive mind. And luckily for Denver, there's a lot of offensive-minded coaches in the next cycle. I'm looking at Kellen Moore, Eric Bieniemy, Brian Dayball, Greg Roman, any one of those four I'm A-OK with. I do think it's relatively playoffs or bust. But I'll say this, even if they, you know, if Fangio pulls off a, it's not 9-7 and seven anymore, but let's say a 9-8, and eight, am I doing the math right? 9-8 and eight season. So he's plus 500, but they still miss the playoffs. Depends on the complexion of how that all shook out. Mm-hmm. But I still think George Payton after – because this would be the third year, right? Three years in a row. You're not really moving the needle. Time's running now. you got a young roster. I think the overall organizational upswell and pressure from from George from Joe Ellis to Elway to George Payton on down would be, look, we gave it the old college try. We gave it an honest effort with Vic. We gave mm-hmm. him three full seasons hit the bricks. But I t- I'm inclined, both of us, Zach and I, are inclined to agree with you, Jeremy, that, and it's not just by virtue of the relative ease of the schedule. I mean, for f- crying out loud, finally the Broncos got a little bit of a break from the schedule makers. I mean, they, last year they had the second toughest schedule in the league. The year before that they were top five strength of schedule. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been brutal. So this year, you know, they're bottom five, and that's bottom five or six. That bodes well. I think the offense comes together. I think you see Drew Locke take a step forward, even if it's not, you know, tectonic, you know, Lamar Jackson 2019, uh, Pat Mahomes 2018 caliber. But just even if he takes a step forward, I expected to see that. The Broncos are going to win double-digit games is my prediction sitting here in this moment. But, guys, before we get out of here, make sure if you are on Twitch or you do streaming, you're, you're into video games and all that stuff, Jeremy is a very, very prolific streamer on Twitch, and you just got it. You can see his Twitter handle on screen right now at Black Knight two thirty two. Don't forget, there's two K's there. One at the end of Black, one at the beginning of Night. Black Knight two thirty two on Twitch. It's at Black Knight three twenty three. Right, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. So find yep. him, subscribe, give him some love if you're into all that. But again, Jeremy, we'll cut you loose, my friend. Thank you so much yep. for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon, bro. Yep, I'll see y'all later. Have a good one. All right, buddy. There he Thanks, goes. Jeremy. Dude, I got to respect a man who shows up for business wearing sunglasses. Like, that's a man that is serious about his business. And, you know, no lie, Jeremy has been very helpful. I mean, he helped me. 
he took time out of his, you know, it's been a while now, but when I was trying to figure out what Twitch is all about, cause I'm not a gamer, you know, my sons are, I'm not. And I'm trying to figure out how to make Twitch work for us here at MHH and, you know, how to set everything up. He was kind enough, Zach, to take time out of his day. And uh, we scheduled a Zoom like this. This is StreamYard, but we scheduled a time where he could show me stuff on screen. So just a Hall of Fame cat, dude. We love we love Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Knight. Yeah, he's the Super Chat God. And the Super Chat God can do as the Super Chat God wishes. And what's so uh, – we're so appreciative because he's supporting not just the Huddle Up podcast, but all the podcasts. We saw Lance pop in here because he's on DVDD, because he's on BTB, because he's on Mile High Insiders, because he's on Broncos for Breakfast more than likely. Jeremy truly is a big proponent of Mile High Huddle, and that's why we salute you. and We are so appreciative for all that you do for us. Also, shout out to the queen. She's in the house. Good to see you. Um, all right, real quick, let me, let's catch up, John, on some of our very patient superstars, including... Muhammad uh, rocking the profile pic on YouTube with his cute little baby son, Malik, brand new to the world. Appreciate the the super sticker. He says, hey, you. Hey, man, right back at you. Hope hope the fam's doing good. Hope the baby boy's doing well. Good to see you, Mo. As uh, also, um, John, do we have Zach? Or excuse me, do we have um, Jesse, Drew, Zach, Burn the Guitarist, I've got BNS is the next closest one. I've got the stream just did a jump for me. So here's Jesse real quick. We'll do some catching up and then there's some other content I want to get to here. Uh, Jesse, what's up, dude? Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. Are we connected on Twitter? I think we are now that I think about it. You um, reached out to me. I'm pretty sure. Let me. Yep. I know who you are. Okay, good. Uh, he says, I think everyone is just tired of answering the same question. You know, talking about Draymond's kind of his quip today, but I think the topic is just natural in these QB situations. What up, Mile High? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to fault him too much, but you would like to think you could, as a pro, maybe have a little bit better tact. You know, like mm-hmm. remove remove the expletive. If I was his coach, if I was in PR, I would say, hey, you know, you told it like it is. You boiled it down, and that's fine. But let's try not to use an expletive on a hot-button issue that is very high profile for our team that can is going to create headlines do better next time. Other than that, not much to see here. This is a guy, Zach, that's just focused on what he's got to do entering year three. Yeah, you know, I lost my earmuffs a long time ago, so I'm not mad that he had had a bad word in there. I will agree it's not the most, I guess, professional thing to say, but I, for one, uh, really like and support and appreciate his honesty. He doesn't care, and he has no problem admitting that publicly. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I'm going to grab uh, Kevin. Thanks for being with us, my friend. Appreciate the support. Uh, shout out here also to Chris on Facebook. He says, hey, guys, always great to hear Broncos news while I work, either on the Huddle Up podcast and here live when I get the chance. Go Broncos. Keep up the great work, fellas. Hey, Chris, thanks for working us into your your day, my friend. Uh, BNS, what's up, dude? Good to see you, brother. He says, love me some Dre. I think he's going to be big this year. I do too, Zach. I think Draymond Jones, you know, if you were to ask me, who are your two, you know, dark horse breakout candidates that no one's, people should be talking about more from a national perspective is Draymond on D, Noah Fant on O. So Dre, I, I, I think he's, he's geared up for a, a pretty big season. We didn't say Garrett Bowles. Why is BNS here? No, but I'm just playing. <laughs> I think Draymond Jones is prime for a Pro Bowl year. I think he will, if not reach 10 sacks, I think he'll come very, very close, 8 to 9. I, I just think in Bill Kalar, under his tutelage, playing with the players he's playing and with the talent and the schedule and everything, full-time opportunity, I do think he's going to have an all-star season in 2021. 
BNS, appreciate you, bro. And for what it's worth, Draymond appeared in 13 games, but he only had eight starts. And it's kind of curious that he only started eight games. Zach, I think it's kind of speaks a little bit to how banged up he was in year two because Jarrell Casey, who was the penciled-in starter opposite of Shelby last year, he went down two games into the year, right? Or was it three? Either way, in the first quarter of the season, he was donezo. And so they needed that next guy to step up. But right when Casey went down, just so happened to be when Draymond went down uh, with his injury. So bad timing. But if he stays healthy, I'm telling you right now, Draymond Jones is a guy that absolutely from inside can give you double-digit sacks. And if that happens with Shelby batting down passes and getting his, let's not forget, we don't want to sell Shelby short, uh, short as a pass rusher. His first year really playing in Denver in 2017 he finished second on the team behind Vaughn in sacks. Only Vaughn had more sacks than Shelby for the Denver Broncos that year. So it all is kind of shaping up. But again, you know, this is something Draymond talked about today too. Hey, it looks good on paper, you know, but no one goes to the Hall of Fame based on paper. No one makes it to the playoffs. No one wins a game based on how something looks on paper. So uh, Drew, what's up, dude? Good to see you. Thank you so much for the very generous Super Chat. One of our Mount Rushmore superstars in the hizzy. He says, Jones has the right mindset. Support whoever ends up starting. Control what you can control and hope for the best. Yeah, and that's one thing I'll say, Zach, that he did not do, is even though it was a somewhat controversial uh, remark, he didn't throw his support behind either guy. He's like, look, may the best man win. Yeah, he did mention Teddy, though, first. So, of of course, the the lock haters out there are going to look at that as a means to say, oh, he's he's preferring Bridgewater. No, he says he's supporting both of them, but he's also honest in saying, I'm not over there. I'm not watching them. I'm not involved. So that's the extent of what I know about them. And, Drew, that advice applies not just for the Broncos, but in life itself. Control what you can control and put your energy to things that you can determine and let everything else fall where it may. Guys, one of the reasons Teddy's name keeps getting brought up I I tried to explain this to you guys before they started getting back into the building. The dude has some sizzle in terms of his persona, all right, as a leader, as a guy people look to. Now, unfortunately for Teddy, his play on the field hasn't always matched that leader of men type deal. But when he walks into a locker room, everyone takes notice, not just because of his reputation as Teddy Two Gloves, but because of the way he actually comports himself within the locker room, guys look to him that he catches their eye. So that's going to continue. You're going to hear guys continue to mention Teddy, but Zach, it's not always a reflection of how the competition is going. I think the competition is going to determine who's the starting quarterback, not what any player says, not who team uh, Drew versus Team Teddy. It's going to be who is the better quarterback in OTAs, in minicamp, in training camp, in the preseason. That's the, the, the determining factor. The press or what's said through it doesn't matter at all. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, let's grab one from one of our newer Mount Rushmore superstars. He was on the show, I think it was last week, right? was when we had Zach on the show. Burn the Guitarist, as he is known on YouTube. Great to have you, bro. Good to see you. I hope you're well. He says, hey, guys, I'm just stoked that Denver finally got the green light to have 100% capacity next season. So, yeah. Rejoice, rejoice. Guys, no more limitations on attendance. We don't know how training camp is going to shake out yet, so hold your questions on We don't know yet. But as far as the games are concerned, the NFL, the Denver Broncos, they're expecting full capacity. And, Zach, that plays well because that means our plan to hold our meet-and-greet MHH tailgate extravaganza at the home opener in week three against the Jets there's going to be no restrictions. Everyone can come. It's going to be dope. Yeah. Surprisingly, the Broncos were among the, the last teams to get full clearance from the NFL, but it's done now and it's going to be, you know, the stadium's going to be rocking and roaring and uh, they're going to bring the Broncos famous sellout streak in a week one. And hopefully that'll continue, you know, as a full throated 80,000 contingent of Broncos fans this fall. I'm excited to see it. Ian Garrett on Facebook. Appreciate you being with us, my friend. He says, Hey, have we heard anything on Aaron Rodgers?" asking for a friend. Zach, I'm not as the last, you guys can probably understand, I'm not quite as plugged in to all things Broncos and NFL as I usually am because I'm juggling a brand new baby, trying to help my wife and take care of the kids and just being present for that. So maybe I've missed a few things. What's the last thing you've heard on the Rogers subject? Last thing I heard is the last thing I wrote, which is uh, supposedly Bryant Guntekunst, the Packers GM, is will not trade Aaron, and that's the bottom line. So he says going forward. Interestingly, though, I read this today. The Packers cleared even more salary cap space. They made a move with, with Robert Tanyan, a restricted free agent tight end. They've saved about $5 bucks in salary cap space. And like someone said, forgot where I read it, 
if they were going to part with Aaron, they wouldn't need that money because they would be clearing a lot of money by trading him. So I think all signs are pointing to him being assuaged with the new contract and him being even the more understood starter there in Green Bay. I don't think he's coming to Denver. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, until it happens, I'm just – I mean, it's good for us. You know, in media, we get to talk about it, and it turns the – you know, stirs the pot, and people click articles, and it's topics people want to hear about on the pod. And it's really fun to speculate, but no news. There's no real movement on this front. I mean, Guta Kunst has been saying since April 29th, the night of the draft, we're not trading him. So we'll see, man. This is a really – this is a standoff, right? And Aaron Rodgers, he's got a fair amount of leverage. Packers, they have a fair amount of leverage. Time will tell. But we are well past, you know, today was the day that you could really start to expect to see some movement if there was going to be movement. Nothing yet. Um, so let's grab Justin Jarvis in the house. What's up, Justin? Good to see you, buddy. Appreciate your support. He says, finally on a live question, do you think the Packers are really that stubborn to sacrifice all the trade equity they'd get from Aaron and not trade him, even though he won't play for them? Thanks. Good question, Zach. Because the ultimatum, for those of you who aren't uh, completely up to, up to date on this, is Aaron Rodgers purportedly told the Green Bay Packers, trade me or else because I'm not going to play. Like, I'll retire. I'll go back to California. I'll do, you know, um, what I always conv- confuse Jeopardy. Um, if I have to, but I'm not playing. Meanwhile, if that's what ends up shaking out, Packers, they're like, look, we'd want to have Aaron, but hey, we got a first round pick. We got to start breaking in at some point anyway. The show goes on. And he's right. If that's how it shakes out, Zach, the, the Packers miss an opportunity to load up on multiple premium round picks for the same end result of having to then turn to Jordan Love. I nothing against you, Justin, or anyone who shares this opinion. I just think it's naive to think Rogers coming off an MVP season, still playing at a very high level. He's going to walk away from the NFL. He's going to retire to host a game show. I don't think so. This was all mostly, I won't say all, it was mostly about money, but the other component to that was ego, and that is also tied into money. He doesn't feel like he was being stroked enough, his ego, and uh, he wants to get that in some form, in some way. He wants an olive branch, and that olive branch is going to be very expensive for the Packers, but I believe they will extend it, and once they do, he will accept it. It's always been the case to me. Never changed. It's also, um, well, let me grab this from Michaela real quick. The Duchess of MHH in the house every single night. Man, we, we think back to that stretch where we didn't have Michaela with us every single night, and it was like living in darkness. You know, now she's back. She's been back for a while, but now all is right with the world. So appreciate you, Michaela. She says, who will be the Broncos MVP this year on offense and defense? Zach? Broncos MVP on defense, that will be Von Miller. And I've said it before, I think he's going to be the the Broncos defensive MVP. Uh, I think he's going to lead the Broncos in sacks. He's going to be typical Von, and he's going to do that because he's had a year off to rest and recover. He's motivated. He wants to show the Broncos in the NFL. He's still, listen, I'm Von Miller, and I'm here to stay for quite a while. He's still relatively young. On offense, throwaway quarterback, I'm saying Cortland Sutton or Noah Fant. And either of those players are going to thrive regardless of quarterback. I'm excited to watch Cortland Sutton again. I think he'll be a 1,200-yard guy, 10 to 12 touchdowns. I think he's the offensive MVP front runner right now. Hmm. So I'm going to remove quarterback from the equation here 
and I'm going to say on offense, I'm sticking with Noah Fant. I think Noah Fant is going to emerge as a bona fide, like face palm, no duh. Why did it take us so long to figure out we should be feeding this guy 10 to 12 targets or 8 to 10 targets a game guy? This is a guy I think in 2021 is going to not just storm onto the NFL scene. Like he's going to kick the door down. And I want to agree with you on Sutton. It's just that you never know how a guy's going to bounce back uh, from an ACL. And even though there's no reason whatsoever for us to doubt his recovery, I mean, he's out there running at OTAs. I mean, he's participating. He seems to be, if not on schedule, even maybe a little ahead of schedule. But I'm going to say no offense. And on defense, just to spice things up a little bit, I think the MVP on defense is going to be Justin Simmons. I think he's going to continue. Each year he's been in the league, one he's he's beaten his interception PB, his personal best, each year. I think this is the year that he, now that he's gotten paid and he's got the supporting cast around him, Kareem came back. You got depth and bona fide playmaking ability at corner. I think this is the year Justin Simmons is that just – gratuitous you see him all over the highlights all the time picking off passes seven eight nine interceptions that's my answer for you Michaela well he's getting paid like that so might as well you know give a return on the investment for the Broncos I'd love to see that all right let me see we are at 41 minutes we got the queen in the house what's up uh Christy she says finally made it lol congrats again on the new baby chat hope all is well thank you I keep getting asked about well hey doesn't theo don't you guys have some uh you know bronco onesies for theo the answer is yes but the ones we have in fact i'm sitting where i'm sitting now my, my new studio's this close to being done this close i'm still chilling in theo's room now this is what used to be my office is now theo's room and right behind this sports illustrated banner is a crib and there's a couple of bronco onesies in there that you know he'll be wearing soon enough but he's just not quite big enough once he is, don't worry. We'll get some. We'll get some uh, appropriate images of that kiddo in his uh, in his dig. So thanks, Christy. Tommy Brohana in the house, a newer name. Zach on Super Chat. So, love it, love it myself. He says, "Will us passing on Kyle Shanahan as head coach back in 2017 be something that haunts the franchise for years to come?" In my opinion, we missed out on an awesome story and coach. Hey, dude, you're preaching to the pulpit as your football priests, we have long lamented the categorical error that really you got to put it at the feet of Joe Wells. John Elway liked the idea of hiring Kyle Shanahan interviewed Kyle wanted to the whole nine. It was Joe Wells that kind of kiboshed that purportedly. So yes. Was it a mistake? Absolutely. Is it something that's going to quote unquote haunt the Broncos for years to come? I think you could argue, Zach, that it, they've already been haunted by it. 17, 18, 19, 20, you got four seasons of continuing to miss the playoffs. What are you going to do? You know, that water under the bridge, it's out to sea now. I mean, you can't even see it barely in the distance. You stole what I was going to say. It already haunted the Broncos. I, I mean, you can talk about the failed quarterback acquisitions, but I believe the single thing that set the Broncos back most in the last five years was the hiring of VJ as head coach because – It just put the Broncos so far behind the eight ball, no quarterback development, no offensive mastermind at the controls. You have Kyle Shanahan. Not only is your offense okay, but he's an expert quarterback whisperer. You wouldn't have to waste time on Scangarello or Pat Shermer. You would get the two and one with Kyle Shanahan, and he would be your also your quarterback evaluator. It already set the Broncos back passing him up, but I have the feeling 
he didn't want the job either. And the way he talked after the fact, it was never in serious consideration. Maybe bad blood with Mike Shanahan. Maybe Joe Ellis was a little too involved in the, in the interview process. But I believe it already haunted them, Chad, and uh, they missed out on a really good coach, unfortunately. Well, one of the points of contention on this whole deal was if you removed Joe Ellis, and by the way, Michael, absolutely, dude, it's good to connect with you on social media. If you remove Joe Ellis from the equation here, sorry, John. Uh, and thank you, Tommy. He says, congrats on the baby. Chad, glad everything went well. Really appreciate that, Tom. Um, if you remove Joe Ellis from the equation relative to Kyle Shanahan, one of the sticking points was the Niners were willing to offer him basically be our head coach and GM, just like his dad was in Denver. The Niners were saying, come do that for us. And one of the things that gave the Broncos some pause there was the last time they gave a coach that much meta power, the Broncos strung together some pretty horrendous draft classes. Let's face it, under Shanny, that's one of the reasons why Shanahan ended up washing out and Pat Bowen had to dispense with him was because he continued to suck at drafting. I mean, busted first round pick after busted first round pick. I mean, the only first round picks in his last five, eight years as the head coach, like post Elway, that you could really hang your hat on was Ryan Clady in 08 or yeah, 08 and Jay Cutler in 06. But Cutler didn't really work out to the Bronx. I mean, that's not his fault per se, but still. And so the Broncos were like, uh, not sure about that. Niners were willing to give him that power. And that's one thing people don't understand, Zach. John Lynch, dude, Kyle Shanahan doesn't work for John Lynch. Right. John Lynch works for Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, it's it's Shanahan that's picking the groceries out there in San Francisco. And what I was going to say was, in hindsight, you wouldn't have to worry about the Broncos' bad draft class or, or any of those uh, worries if you give Shanahan that power. You don't know that at the fact at the time, Chad. He was a, an up-and-coming assistant. You never know what a coach is going to be in the NFL. No one knew who Sean McVay was, really, for the most part, before he got the job. But you, you had the bloodlines. You had the ties. He did have success in Atlanta and Washington. I thought it was a no-brainer move, considering they interviewed three people in that hiring cycle. It was VJ, it was Kyle Shanahan, and it was Dave Tobe. And Shanahan, to me, just screamed as the front runner. I mean, he was the logical choice. And looking back on it, it would have put the Broncos in an instant playoff window instead of setting them back three or four years. And remember, Shanahan, if he would have been hired, he inherits Paxton Lynch. Maybe he can't save Paxton, but I would like to – I honestly believe Paxton Lynch, his NFL trajectory takes on a slightly different tone if he ends up getting under the wing of Kyle Shanahan. But even if I was wrong on that – <clears throat> and Paxton Lynch goes on to disappoint year after year before the Broncos finally moved on from him. Um, I would trust Kyle Shanahan more than I would even trust a Hall of Fame quarterback like John Elway to identify and find quarterbacks that could help out in the meantime, right, while you're still trying to salvage a first-round pick. All right, turning the page, shout-out to our top star senders uh, on Facebook tonight. Kevin, what's up, dude? Appreciate you. <clears throat> Gary Leeds Palmer, the legend. He's uh, in week 18, I think, now of consistent stars every single week. Claude, what's up? Brad Murdoch as well. Travis as well. <clears throat> Pardon me. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. All right. John, do you have Christie's very generous super chat? Um, if you can get that queued up. There she is. Wow. The queen does what she does, you know, top rope. <laughs> Thank you, Christie. Duplex. Sorry for the sound effects, but we appreciate you. Really means a lot. Thank you so much, Christy. And hope you've been well. Hope the girls are doing good. 
I don't know if softball season is over for you yet. For me, I got one more game, I think, and then no more softball for a while. So anyway, appreciate you. She says, sending some good vibes for you all. Thank you. Right back at you. Thank you, Christy. Um, all right, real quick here. Um, John, the, the chat just did a jumperoo on me. So let me tell you in between. Oh, perfect. Tyler, dude, <clears throat> condolences. I heard about your grandma. Sorry to hear about the passing of your grandmother. Terrible news. I went through that myself just last fall, and there's nothing for it, man. It's just crap, crap. It just sucks to have to deal with that. So thoughts and prayers up for you, seriously, my friend. And uh, if you need something from us, say the word. Anything we can do, we, we're here to do it for you. Appreciate the support and the love, my friend. And uh, keep a stiff upper lip. Yeah. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, Dale Ro- Dale Rhodes in the house. What's up, dude? This is a good segue because we have this queued up to discuss this evening. Dale, thank you for the very generous super chat. And I know we have you scheduled. Uh, we were just talking about this backstage before we went live. We are going to get a um, public document, a page on a, on the website here soon where everyone can navigate to uh, to see who's on deck, what superstars are coming on the show, what days. But it looks like we have Dale next week. So a week from tonight, we're looking forward to to talking with you, my friend. He says, Benjamin Albright reported that Teddy had two pick six that were dropped by the defense and missed open receivers. Others only mentioned that he threw a couple nice passes to Judy. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
they want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Derangement syndrome really does exist. Six for two and still no Rogers. Hashtag shocked sarcasm. On that note, real quick, guys, let me just go ahead. And since Dale's bringing up um, Benjamin, let's let's bring up Ben's tweet today uh, that he's talking about. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> man, sorry, frog in my throat. So he's responding to Ricardo Caceres, who's in uh, Ben. All Denver media is talking about is Teddy's uh, performance in OTAs and that Drew's is bad, question mark. And Benjamin replies, not at all. Both have played mostly well. Teddy had a splash play to a wide open Judy, but he also had two pick sixes dropped and missed two wide open touchdown throws. Drew was mostly playing short at practice. It's seven on sevens. Way too early, Zach, for any judgments. Do you know what's funny? It, it, you know, obviously he's he's very correct here, and I actually tweeted at him earlier. I said, "Listen, I respect and I appreciate his fair, balanced, and mo- and most importantly, his logical reporting on the situation in the quarterback competition." But if you read through his mentions, the first thing he says, he's accused of, you know, uh, being in it for Drew Lock. He's in, you know, he wants Lock to win just because he's reporting against the grain. He's reporting what he saw and doesn't fit the narrative in a neat little box the mob on Twitter wanted to fit in. But yeah, it's seven on sevens right now. And if Locke was the one that would have hit a wide open Judy, if Locke was the one that would have thrown two touchdowns, I would have said the same thing. It's June 2nd, seven on seven, voluntary practices. If you do this in the preseason, I'll be more impressed. If you do this in September, I'll be really impressed. You do this on June 2nd, I don't care. Well said. Well said. And it just, again, though, listen, Locked derangement syndrome is a thing, and it's not just fan-sourced. There are people in the media that will not give that kid even one kind word. He's mud. His name is Mud. Oh, Drew just had a big play down the left sideline, you know, touchdown, Cortland Sutton, practice seven-on-seven. Nope. They they just won't mention it. It's not that it didn't happen, but they're not going to report it because it might – I mean, I don't want to speak ill of anybody. I, I'm not trying to say anything specific about any journalist there. I'm just telling you, locked arrangement syndrome is a thing. And it's good to hear from Benjamin Albright, who's as plugged in and present as anybody in the building, what's really going down. Truth is, they're both doing mostly well. And uh, Drew is, it, from the sounds of it, Zach, he's playing it kind of close to the vest. Like he's re- He probably knows, and he's probably been told, Dude, it's your job to lose. Just don't turn the ball over, and you're going to be fine. So he's taking what they're giving him. And then once you start getting to 11-on-11, you start upping the ante a little bit, you get to the preseason games and all that, he's going to have to flex his muscles a little bit. He's going to have to you know, make plays because it's not just going to be boiled down to who turns the ball over the least. That's a big part of it. But who can be dynamic? Who can feed these skill position guys? I mean, you got freaking Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, who's still nursing the hamstring that has plagued him for two years now. Noah Fant. Timmy P. We got to hear from Timmy P. today, which was really cool. Plus the newest receiver. I mean, Tyree Cleveland. Uh, Seth, what's his name? Uh, The kid from sixth round. Thank you. Seth Williams. I mean, you've got some really dynamic players. There, Alberto. 
So at a certain point, Drew's going to have to say, all right, I got to push now. But for now, I think he's trying not to rock the boat in terms of giving the coaches any negative plays that are going to stick in their craw between now and when they go away after minicamp and come back for camp. John, put that up real quick from Christy, because that's such an excellent point. That's the point I was going to make, the comment. Judy said Bridgewater was throwing floaters in practice. Drew was throwing darts. People use little bits to run their own narratives. I think they're both doing fine fine so far. Listen, how many of you heard the fact that Locke is throwing darts out there? Raise your hand if you've heard that come out of Broncos camp. But we've all heard the, the touchdown yesterday, Jerry Judy and Teddy Bridgewater, and even got to a point where people were saying, look out for Jerry Judy. He's the number one receiver in the Broncos pecking order now, only because Cortland Sutton has more chemistry with Drew Locke. That's how far they will go. They will diminish Cortland Sutton and hype up Jerry Judy because he caught a touchdown in 7-on-7 OTAs voluntary from Teddy Bridgewater. If you watch the practice video from last week, I believe it was, the Broncos shared this video. It was a two-yard slant. Locke hit the guy right in his breadbasket. I think it was Judy, and I believe it was Bridgewater to Tim Patrick. It was behind him. It was a two-yard slant. So it's all about what you want to hear. It's all about what is coming out of the echo chamber. But what's coming out of that echo chamber, Chad, is constantly pro-Bridgewater stuff. It's constantly anti-lock stuff. Look at that interception that we think he threw last week. We don't even know if it's the case. We couldn't even see him in the play. But Broncos country was the first to hop out there. He's never going to change. Same old Drew, put Teddy in. That's what we're going to get. And that's exactly why you have players up there like Draymond Jones saying, I don't give a damn. It is what it is. Here's what he said, Jerry Judy, on, hey, you know, um, I want to say it was Troy Rank from Denver 7 asked him this about, hey, what's it, you know, what's it like catching balls from two different cues this time instead of, you know, mostly running first team where it's Drew all the time. Now it's, you know, you're splitting it up. Is it beneficial for your hands? You know, because Judy's focus is his hands this year, having multiple cues, throwing at OTAs. Quote, it's, it kind of is beneficial because both of the guys have a different type of spiral and air to the ball. Drew has more of a hard, and he, 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 uh, he kind of had a, you know, like this when he did it, like, you know, Teddy is more of a floater. You just have to adjust to the certain way they throw the ball. You have to focus on each person and catching the ball when it comes out of their hands. So, yes, is it any surprise Drew Locke has a stronger arm than Teddy Bridgewater and then he puts a little bit more mustard on it in practice than Teddy Bridgewater? It shouldn't be. I mean, of all the strengths Drew Locke might have as a young Q, his arm strength is at the top. Yeah, uh, you know, dart passes are going to be like the new AR-15. Just ban them from Broncos practice, Chad. You know, it's because Drew Locke is throwing them. Let's celebrate floaters. That's going to do well in the regular season. Dale, thank you for that super chat, my friend. Really appreciate that. Good to see you. Appreciate you. Connect on Twitter. Um, Whoops. We're about out of time here, guys. Oh, he's got a question or a comment. We're about out of time. But uh, let's grab this from Dale. He says, why not ask him to weigh in on a kicker? punter or any other position he has nothing to do with talk about Draymond 99 days to kickoff let him hate stay in Green Bay and Denver Broncos for life yeah I hear you Dale we, we got you appreciate the comment though um Tom El Greco and then I'm grabbing one from Mike Postle on Facebook Tom says up in Canada proving that Broncos country is not a geographic location it is a state of being it's wherever you are and Tom is north of the 49th parallel. He says, I heard that Locke was passing a lot of checkdowns in camp yesterday. 
Have you heard anything today about the cues? Thanks, guys. Well, everything we've heard, we just conveyed to you, my friend, just now. So hopefully that give, gave you some background. Thank you for the support, Tom. And as this competition continues to unfold, we will be sure to provide you the latest analysis and and breaking down where things really stand because you're not getting the straight from the tap as you probably should be. There are locked arrangement syndrome infects everything. And that's not going to change that. It's not going to be the fan base and the media at large will not be inoculated against the vagaries of locked arrangement syndrome until drew either blows the doors down and shuts them up or wilts and fades into the distance. I happen to believe it's going to be the former, not the latter. Time will tell. Right there with you. Mike on Facebook. What's up, dude? Appreciate you. He goes, money and to stick it to them for drafting Jordan Love without even talking to him instead of drafting a wide receiver from the best wide receiver draft class ever. Super Bowl window and the Packers take a QB in the first round. That fired up Rodgers more than money. Also, why he was a man possessed last year. Rodgers was a first-round quarterback that was taken when they had a future Hall of Famer on the roster already. I, I don't understand what – what. listen, he wasn't informed of the love pick. I, he found out supposedly on television. I get that. But if you're going to hold a year-long grudge and love didn't play one single snap last year and you win MVP and you come up short in the NFC title game, by the way – is it still not good enough? You're so highly paid. You're so revered. You get all the accolades in the world. They took a quarterback because you're going on 38 years old. They didn't play him last year. They didn't get him ready to play. It was your show, and it's going to be your show. The ego on this man is just astounding. All right, guys. Last super chat, and then we got to dip out of here for tonight. Michaela, the Duchess, jumping back in after she's already shown the show some love tonight with a very, very generous super chat. Thank you, Michaela. Love you. Appreciate you so much. She says, Chad, you should have Theo make an appearance on the pod with Bronco onesies when he is a bit older. You know what? Because you're asking, I will make that happen. Trust. When he's just a little bit. Right now, he's just this little, you know, bean, and he hardly ever opens his eyes. He's not very fun to – you put him on camera, he's just like – so once he's a little bit more active and he's grown into the onesies, trust, we'll get him on because you're asking. Thanks, Michaela. Thank you for your support. It's incredible. All right, guys, with that, oh, Dave Glassman also jumping in, another bona fide superstar and super supporter on Facebook. Love you, bro. He says, thank you for the show. You guys, Chad, Zach, and John, put a shine on an hour of my evening. Hashtag go Broncos, hashtag state of being, hashtag ICT, and hashtag locked in. Love it, dude. ICT, though? What's that? Zach's usually my syntax interpreter here. ICT. Hmm. You'll have to elaborate. I crave Teddy? No, I guess not. Locked in. I I don't think Dave craves (laughs) craves Teddy. I don't Um, know, Dave. Tell us. Yeah, what does that mean? I'm curious. You stumped me. You stumped the Schwab. You know what? I almost forgot. One last thing. Sorry, guys. Got to grab this real quick. Um, Well, Patrick Mahomes, it would be awesome if Aaron Rodgers joins the Broncos. Zach Kelberman broke this down on the site. Here's what Mahomes said to the notion of Aaron Rodgers joining the Broncos, suddenly being in the AFC West. Zach, I just want your take on this, then we'll get out of here. Obviously, it would be awesome to have that challenge two times a year. Every single year would be a great, great opportunity. I mean, he's a heck of a football player. 
He's been doing it for a long time that I've watched play and learned a lot from. But definitely, if he came to the AFC West, it would just make it a little tougher for us. But we're up to the challenge, close quote. So in this figurative, you know, fantasy world of Rodgers being a Bronco, Mahomes laid down the gauntlet. Yeah, and the lock... The lock critics are going to say, "Oh, it wasn't a challenge before. It's you know, it's only going to be a challenge when Rodgers comes." But no, it's a very blanket answer. What more is he going to say? And notice he didn't directly mention Denver in there because the the Las Vegas Raiders are another suitor for Rodgers' services. So whether he comes to Vegas, whether he comes to Denver, if he does, which I don't believe he will, Mahomes is looking forward to that. And I have to admit, Chad, I'm a lock fan, but seeing Rodgers and Mahomes twice a year, at least twice a year, be pretty fun to watch. All right, guys, listen up real quick before we dip out of here. Announcement. Friday night is a very special milestone for the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. Lance Sanderson, Eric Trickle, they have something very, very, very special planned for what is their 100th episode as a duo, as a show, this Friday night. So make sure you tune in for that live. I mean, you can always listen on demand, and that's better than nothing. But this is a show, trust, you're going to want to be on live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, wherever you enjoy the show live. Make sure you're there for that Friday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, the 100th episode of Dove Valley Deep Divers. And with that, gang, we're out of here. Make sure you follow the pod on Twitter, at Huddle Up uh, Pod, and then at Mile High Huddle. Zach, take it from there. We'll see you tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag. Yeah, we'll be uh, back on tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Be sure to follow the pod at Huddle Up Pod if you so choose. Be sure to follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. You can follow John at John KMHH, the beast on Twitter. Uh, be sure to hit up the store at HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag, get your shirts, T-shirts, etc. There's even a onesie on there, Chad. Not a Theo-specific onesie, but a MHH onesie nonetheless. Be sure to go Facebook.com slash Huddle. Big blue button. Become a supporter. I promise you guys, KK coming up Sunday. Trickle Zone Saturday, I believe it's coming back this Saturday, so tune in for that. Um, be sure, if you can't do anything, if you can't do any of those things, we totally get it. We ask you three things, though. Subscribe, like, and share. Helps us out more than you know. Zach. Yes. How could I forget to thank you for bequeathing to Theo Jensen a fresh... What do you call it? Is it a bag? It's not a bag. Container, package of Pampers. Let me tell you something. My wife, very particular about the um, garments placed on this infant's bum. Pampers is all she rolls with. For a second, I'm like, does that call my wife and ask her? And she's like, no. She was stoked to get that, dude. So just, by the way, that was very sweet, very kind. Thank you very much. And uh, you hit the nail on the head there. You know me, I'm all about being bougie, Chad. But yes, I'm happy she likes it, and hopefully uh, Theo enjoys it as well. But guys, again, subscribe, like, and share. We appreciate it so much. We're, we're out of here, though, till tomorrow night. Mile High Mailbag, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we'll be sure to answer your questions. 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern, tomorrow night. Be there. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
the Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.